Welcome to At The Root with Greg Kuyper. Greg is a psychotherapist and holistic life coach. His practice is Kuyper Counseling. Through his professional practice and personal experiences, Greg knows that without connection with ourselves, connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. If you have a question or comment, you can always feel free to call into the show. The number is 425-373-5527 or go to KuyperCounseling.com. And check out Greg's new YouTube channel, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuyper. Hello, Greg. Hello. Good to see you again. Good to see you, too. So last week, we talked about the power of we. Mm -hmm. There's no I in team. That's right. So um, where are we going now? Well, you know, we've been talking about what to do in in a relationship when, when a disconnect happens, right? And you find yourselves back in that critical loop, reacting back and forth, you know, criticism, defensiveness, criticism, defensiveness, and then somebody withdraws. And, and these things are bound to happen. These episodes are, are bound to happen, even with the best intentions and all this work that we've been doing to prevent them or, or, or you've been doing to prevent them. You know, we've got a lot of outside influences coming our way Every day. And if we happen to miss bringing a particularly troublesome one into our awareness and we take it home or still have it roiling around outside of our awareness when we get together with our partner, it could be another trigger setting off an unconscious disconnect. Right? It just happens. Yeah. It's... um it's a little scary how easily you can fall back into the pattern. It is because we're we're on that autopilot, right? And mm-hmm. well, it doesn't take much to trigger that that reaction that just comes out, and then that triggers another reaction, and before we know it, we're in trouble again. Right? Mm-hmm. And let, let's say neither partner um, uh, catches what's happening with the triggers, right? And the situation escalates to where one or both of the partners withdrew or withdraw. At this point, hopefully, each partner can do some four, seven, eight breathing on their own, right, and get their calming parasympathetic nervous system operating, shut down that sympathetic fight, flight, freeze part of our nervous system. When this happens, remember, the reasoning brain can finally get switched on again, and we can lose the reactivity and act from a more thoughtful place. A point that I think is interesting where you talk about, uh, you know, neither person catches what's happening. It just shows how the oddest thing can trigger a response, and it's not where you would expect it. Never is where you expect it. Mm-hmm. Right? We're just reacting. This is that, you know, that prepare to repair space we talked about, oh, last week and the week before. For each partner to bring into awareness the triggers and reactions to illusions that, that blindsided them, right, in this instance. And this is the critical place of being able to move to a we platform, right? Each partner accepting that it takes two to tango, and releasing blame and defensiveness from the equation, you know, the equation. This is 
best done, in my opinion, separate and on your own. Each of us has our own way of processing information and energy. That is what the mind accomplishes for us, processing information and energy. We have to let it happen on our terms without our partner contributing to the process, right? It is important that we do the work, though. Postponing and distracting aren't going to help us get to the repair. We have to prepare and then get to the repair. What I like about this is when you say we have to let it happen on our terms without our partner contributing, right? So, one, that's what you require, as in like the person going through it. And then simultaneously, your partner gets the same thing. So it's partly it's what you need and it's allowing the same thing. And very often we don't think that what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Right. Right. And and everybody processes differently, right? Right. Somebody it's like love may able somebody right? be able to figure all this out and realize the triggers and oh my gosh, what happened in an hour. So their partner might take the rest of the day. Right. Maybe even tomorrow. Whatever. But it it is what it is. Individually, we need to become aware of these reactions we're having. You know, these reactions like, he never, or she always, he should have, right? These are reactions, and we replace it with the knowing that I got triggered and I reacted, and so did he. Hold the awareness of we, right? I got triggered. He didn't trigger me. I got triggered. Mm -hmm. It's a big difference. Remember, we made a mistake. We got triggered. Engage the work you have done with understanding each other's triggers and illusions to find what it was that triggered you and what was the illusion that got triggered. Look at your partner's side, too, while you're doing this prepare and figure out how he or she got triggered and their corresponding illusion. Process this thoroughly inside you in a place of awareness and curiosity. So, you know, if you remember last time, Steve and Shar had an incident like this, sneak up on him. Steve's trigger was Shar saying, don't act like that in here. His reactive defenses immediately got triggered from his illusion of, of hearing his dad say, this is my house and you can't do that in my house. Long ago, he created a defense against that aggression, and it became part of his autopilot and unconscious reactive behavior. Steve's reaction then triggered Char's reaction, unconsciously tied to her illusion of her mom not listening to her and putting her down all the time. As long as these reactions are in play, the interaction is not going to go anywhere positive. So. The culmination of this we processing by each partner on their own becomes an awareness of knowing that there was no malicious intent on your partner's, you know, words or behaviors. Right. At the end of this processing, if you know it's triggers and you know it's illusions and you're accepting that, then it's pretty hard to continue thinking with that resentment or the blame or you know, he always does this, or that malicious intent, what happens is we got triggered to some old stuff. 
That's yes. It. We climbed up the ladder of inference. Yeah, there you go. That's a good. Mm-hmm. When we keep the context of the incident in the we realm, there is less likelihood that shame and disappointment become major players. And this is the space that we want to be able to enter into the repair now. A resolve to be curious and get to the bottom of what happened and reaffirm our intent to bringing this into our awareness, lessening the frequency and impact of these reactive exchanges when they do sneak in and happen. So, so how do we get to the repair from here? We've, we've processed on our own. What happens? Who makes the first move, right? I mean, this can kind of be uncomfortable, a little bit awkward. The proverbial eggshells might be hanging around, right? How do I ask her if she's ready? I don't know, you know, or whatever. It, it, it could be that way. And the hope is that the fear and anxiety of this next step has been lessened or proverbially, you know, alleviated by each partner as they've done their work in the preparation stage. Right. So then it's no longer, is she ready? It's, hmm, let me ask if she thinks we're ready. Right. There you go. Both partners are more positively anticipating the work than dreading it, right? We're on a mission to use this correction that we're processing as growth on our journey. At some point, you know, if, if you've done your processing and prep, just ask, you know, hey, can we talk about yesterday? Your partner may be ready, and the two of you schedule a time to do this without distractions. Make this a priority. Get it done as soon as possible. Don't let it slide. Do not let this slide. Make the time. This is the key to the repair. Make the time. Never let this repair, you know, uh, be postponed more than a a day or two. I want to say that while saying schedule a time may sound like it's a uh, disassociated response, it's actually so important to schedule that time. Like literally schedule the time and hold, hold yourself to it like you would a meeting or a soccer practice or a PTA meeting. Picking your kid up at school, whatever. It needs to be an, uh, a priority, mm-hmm. a high priority. Yep. Because um, it's, it's going to be easy to, to let it slide. Oh, we didn't get it done. And now it's a week and a half later. And right. everybody's, you know, it's the hurt's still there, but we're moving on. Right. right? Well, that's what we've done for years. We don't want to do that. So the, the incident and this prep work that we've done needs to be fresh, right, for this to really become a learning experience. Maybe your partner's not ready. So that needs to be okay, too. Please don't ask, well, when will you be ready? That's, that, that one doesn't work. <laughs> it happens. You wouldn't believe. I oh. see it. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Can you do it by noon? No. I mean, kind no, of. Right. <laughs> Let it happen organically. You know, it's, it's, it's incumbent on each partner to be doing their prep work in this and, and trust that that's happening with their, other, with their partner. So... One guiding principle for the repair, right, is keep it we and keep it I. Keep it we and keep it I. If each partner has done their prep work, then there should not be resentment or blame lurking, you know, ready to 
inserted themselves. Forgiveness and understanding are now on the launch pad, ready to go. Countdown. Okay. So when you say keep it we, which mm-hmm. I get because we're keeping it we because we are both part of this, right. and then keep it I, does that mean that you're making I statements about your feelings then? Right, right. I got triggered. Okay. Got it. You know, as soon as you say you triggered me. Okay. Argh! You know, so, it's like klaxons go off, wrong, it. wrong, wrong. It's, I got triggered. I feel sad. Okay. I feel terrible that this happened. I, you know, okay. I, I, I. So keeping it I helps keep it we. That's right. Okay. That's right. All right. So the, how did. The word you in there is is really troublesome. Well, Most it's finger pointing. It's finger pointing. That's All it. right. So let's see how Stephen Shar did. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see how they did in the, in the repair of their recent uh, incident. We talked about it last week. They were kind of preparing to the repair in the session, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd been wondering how they approached the repair, you know, especially since they did a lot of the work for the preparation in the session. Mm-hmm. So, so they settled in in the session, and I started up. Tell me about the prep work you did for making the repair. We discussed it in last week's session, and it was almost like you were doing the work live right there. Char, you... You talked about the prep work you did in your bedroom, realizing the triggers that happened to both of you, and then establishing that you knew Steve did not act intentionally. What was that like for you? Well, it, it took a little bit to get my emotions out of the picture. I remembered the breathing you talked about, and I was then able to name what I was feeling, and you know, it was a fear of abandonment. I accepted it. And I talked myself through it, coming to the knowing that there was no abandonment happening. I had been triggered back to issues with my mom and the automatic reactions I created to deal with that back then. Wow. It was relatively easy to move from that to knowing that Steve wasn't being malicious. It just kind of flowed inside my head. He was reacting from a defensive place built from his interactions as a child with his dad. So I ask, it sounds like both of you privately processed your partners and your triggers and illusions, and that allowed for a more open space that resentment and blame wasn't allowed into. I did, Steve said. I did too, Sharika. Where did it go from there, I asked. Steve replied, the next morning I asked Char if we could talk about what happened. She said yes, that she really wanted to, and we decided to talk through it that night after the kids went to bed. They scheduled the time. Yeah, about the only time parents have, right? Yep, pretty much, but you know what? It's still scheduled. <laughs> it is scheduled. Char jumped in then. I was so ready after my prep work. I wanted so much to apologize for my part and heal this, not letting it go on any further. Now, stop for a second. Think about that. I was so ready after my prep work. I wanted so much to apologize for my part. What? Usually, we go into this repair a lot of times when we're loaded for bear. I mean, that's my expression. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, he, you. You know, if you would have just done this, mm-hmm. you should have done this. I mean, it just, uh, yeah. And, and 
And so through this preparation work that they're, they're doing, they're, they're able to get to that point of, you know what? We messed up. I want to apologize for my part and get this going. So back to the two of them. Steve said, we got the kids to bed and sat down in the living room. Char injected with a glass of wine. Well, there you go. <laughs> Steve continued, I started off with saying how sorry I was that we had gone through this. I went on to talk about how I had gotten triggered and I knew that I had triggered her. You hear all those eyes in there? Char mm-hmm. said, and that's what I did too. I apologized for this unsuspected reactionary incident that had happened to us. And we just kept escalating it until we retreated. I thank Steve for the time and space afforded me to process in the bedroom. And, and he returned his gratitude for the same to me. We didn't leave it there, though, Steve said. We talked about each other's triggers and really got into our parents and the illusions we had built around their behaviors. Char said, it was very helpful to find that common ground and share it with each other. Like you told us, we felt like a team with a common interest and goal. Steve continued, I can see what you mean about how discussing the triggers is not enough, but getting into what is behind them together creates a special place, really does. Sharing the vulnerability we have been so carefully protecting. I'm amazed. It really worked. The we, I said. Exactly, agreed Shark. The prepare and the repair worked well for both of you. I want to make note of how many times you used we and us and I during the repair. I heard it. How did the repair end? No, I know how it ended. Oh, you do? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying there was a glass of wine and apologies. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing more sexy than apologies. (laughs) Well, we'll see here. Char answered, we both told each other how much we had learned and how that would be helpful for keeping the journey going positively. And then we shared a big hug and a kiss. Steve interjected, and it went well later that night, too. Okay, okay, I said, too much information. Too much information. We all laughed. (laughs) (laughs) So there we are, the repair. It's, uh, I mean, it's not quite as easy as this sounds many times, but. Well, and yet it is. Yeah. I mean, there's so many layers about these things. And so it's not as easy um, because being vulnerable is not easy. However, it's, you know, when you think about it, like I think about uh, yesterday was my birthday. Well, happy birthday. Why, thank you. And. You know, by the end of the day, a very filled day, it was kind of like I was thinking, this is it? Like, isn't there supposed to be a parade? Like, why am I cleaning up from the cake? 
know, right? Why is he sitting and watching TV and you know all of these Uh-oh. kinds of things, right? And then I thought, okay, this is me being triggered by something. Mm-hmm. And I realized that for as much talking as I do, and for all the attention I seem to get, it's because as a child I really wasn't listened to, and. Mm. So I immediately went to this place of like, you know, nobody's paying attention to me and this little kid. And so (laughs) I had that trigger Mm -hmm. and owned what it was. And this whole dialogue really, I didn't involve Pete in it. Right. You know, I wasn't like, you, you, you. He was watching Yellowstone. He wouldn't have heard me anyway. Um, But it was an interesting thing to go through this process and to own that this narrative, the ladder of inference that I went, I was starting to go up. And then I was like, well, now that's silly. Mm-hmm. I had an awesome day and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then well, brought it right down. That's just that awareness, yep. right? Yep. What is this? Am I going to go with this? No, 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 no. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm reacting here. And what am I reacting from? Yeah, it. it I think the key part that I heard in for them or one of them was that that taking it beyond the discussion of triggers. Mm-hmm. I triggered. Yep, I got triggered too. Yep, that's what we did. I triggered. Yep, that was my dad telling me this and your mom telling you that. But getting deeper into it and discussing. I mean, they didn't. We didn't talk about it right here that much. But they went deeper into it, yeah. discussing those illusions, what it was like to feel that when dad said it. Right. What it was like for Char to feel the, the not being heard, not being listened to, right, as you were just talking. Mm-hmm. What it was like to feel it back then. And, and discussing that at that point really helped them connect together in that moment, right? It wasn't just, yep, those are triggers. Okay, well, let's not do that next time, right? right. <laughs> I mean, it was it was discussion of the triggers and what's behind them and those crazy illusions that are still hanging on. If mm-hmm. we're not careful, they're going to still be in there. And that was my dad again, and I felt so bad. I would get so angry when he would do that, you know? So getting into that and sharing those feelings together, that's vulnerability. That's emotional connection. that's what it is. Right. And wouldn't it be nice if Stephen Shar could have this awareness so that they can stop the cycle that's happened in their family so that with their own kids, they don't have that modeled for them. That's it. That is the next step in these realizations. And that is just the most powerful step. This is so intergenerational. And and if you look, everyone, if you look, you you know, you know, (laughs) Whatever was modeled to you, you're unconsciously, if you're not careful, you're unconsciously modeling that to your kids or have been or had or did in the past or whatever. And that is just what happens because it's unconscious. We continue doing it um, mainly because our parents (laughs) did the same modeling that their parents did. So how do we stop this? This pattern, right? Right. Totally. Leave jewelry, not wounds. Yeah. <laughs> Should be a motto. <laughs> There's the motto. Connection through awareness. Exactly. Leave jewelry, not... Yeah, okay. <laughs> just saying. But everyone, just 
take a look back and you can see it. And, and if you can become aware of those things that you automatically do, right? You don't want to blame yourself or, or go into despair about it. It's just automatic. So we got to reprogram it. That's what we got to do. We mm-hmm. got to make something else automatic here. Got to do it. Um, and when that's done, um, this generational thing can become more positive. Your children can see that modeled to them. And what are they going to model to their children someday? Guarantee it will be something different. Mm-hmm. It will be what you're modeling. So there we go. And it's not, it's never too late. Yeah, and the pressure's not on, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Right. I, we've, you know, we got a little bit of time left. We spent the last 10 months really diving into relationships, right? I think back then I called the, at the start, let's live our lives together relationships, mm-hmm. right? And we covered a lot of territory. And I would imagine there are listeners that have come into the conversations at some point during these last 10 months or so, even recently, right, or even recently. I want to share that the general feedback I've received is that this has been very helpful for many in their marriages and relationships. Amen. That's a good thing. I'm very glad this is happening. I would encourage any of you that haven't been with us since the start to go back and listen to the podcast chronologically from the episode titled First Comes Love on April 26th of last year. 2021. Right. That's where we started talking about doing this work in the relationships. The episodes prior to that are very informative too, but they're more about raising our kids and awareness, and they're uh, very handy. But that first one about relationships on April 26th and following is great. And, you know, as we move forward, I want to get back into these illusions we've been talking about. They play a huge role in forming and maintaining these unconscious behaviors. So that's where we're going to head for the next little while. We're also going to have some guests on the show. I'm excited about that. So I hope you are too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's great to have uh, another um, voice to add some texture and different perspectives and, um, you know, and maybe not talk about me all the time, (laughs) but probably not. I don't know how we're going to get away from that. but <laughs> Hey, I live in an I world. That's right. <laughs> so with all of that, I want to remind people that if you want to learn more about Greg and Kuiper Counseling, you can go to KuiperCounseling.com. There you can find the aforementioned podcasts and connect with Greg. Greg, final words? Everybody stay aware out there. See you next week. 